And I'm Hazel, and we're Carrot and Stick, a writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps us fight writer's block. This week, not writing, but cleaning! My favorite thing! (laughs) So I was really excited for this challenge, as I may have mentioned in the last episode. Lizzie was less so. Hazel's definitely the cleaner of the two of us, which she definitely knows because we lived in a house together for two years after like living in dorms together for two years. So Hazel's had to put up with my mess in the past. (laughs) You're not like shamelessly messy though. You definitely have a sense of shame when it comes to the mess. I like how that's like the qualifier. (laughs) I definitely thought you were going to say something that you could spin into a compliment. Like when people say, oh, you're not dirty, at least like you're messy, but you're not like dirty. I thought you were going to like hit me with that compliment. I was so ready to take it. (laughs) Instead, (laughs) instead you phrase that I feel shame about it. Not that you, well, like that shame translates to making more effort to clean common spaces and spaces that have effect upon other people. It's always like I inch towards getting better. At least I think I do. Also, like your home that you live in, that I don't live in right now, is actually quite nice, I think. Unless you only clean it when I arrive. Haha, I've fooled them all. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, I think I've just like, uh, you know, adulted a little bit and figured out how to clean things. Also, when we've lived in this apartment for like six years, and before when we would move every like one to two years, Nothing can really get so dirty that it, like, is problematic. Now that we've lived in the same space for so long, it's like you have to clean routinely or else it just gets crazy. Yeah, keeping your living space clean is so important. But this week, specifically, desks, workstations. Yes, cleaning the desks. We posted or we're going to post some photos on Instagram to show you the before and afters. So how did your writing go this week? I feel pretty good about it. Um, I got over a thousand words typed and then a couple notebook pages on top of that. The character sketch I said I was going to work on, I didn't finish it, but it's almost done, which feels good to me. I, I feel the same way, actually, this week. I set out to do to finish a chapter and I did it. Like, we we like, we nailed it this week. Did good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, wor- I worked on my witchy book and I wrote around 1800 words. Um, which finished the chapter I set out to finish. Um, but yeah, to to the challenge, did you find it to be a success? I think yes. Like, I had fewer things distracting me when I sat down to write. I'm definitely the kind of person who distracts themselves by cleaning and tidying. So just having fewer things like that in my immediate visual range made it easier to stay focused. Oh, that makes sense. I felt like it was hard to measure. I mean, the desk is easy to measure. Definitely cleaner, very beautiful, like much nicer to see. But also some of that clutter just like migrated to other parts of uh, the apartment. So oh, yeah. that, yeah, you know, <laughs> in that sense, it's just a, it's another project uh, that's like sort of weighing on me that I haven't dealt with. But yeah, I don't know for sure if it really like impacted my writing necessarily. Like if anything, what I realized is that what actually drives me to sit down and work at my desk is like, temperature, sunlight, and how much the cat is meowing at me. So if we jump ahead to the question of what held you back or hindered you this week, is the answer the cat? Well, she always starts hindering me around 4pm when she starts (laughs) meowing to be fed and I have to retreat into the bedroom where my desk is to escape her. But yeah, and and temperature. It was like cold in my bedroom last week. So honestly, I was kind of like, my desk is clean, but it's cold. So I kind of like stayed in the living room more. Desks are nice and all, but nothing really compares to, like, curling up on the couch with a blanket. When you can light a candle. 
You could wear socks. These are all things you could do at a desk, I'm realizing. <laughs> so did anything about the clean desk challenge surprise you? Um, some of the items that I found on my desk were certainly a surprise. Cut to list of weirdest things I've found on my desk. <laughs> Had to actually scroll down to get to it. So, <laughs> Okay. As I was cleaning my desk, I just started like an iPhone note about the weirdest things I was finding and unearthing because there were things that were hidden that I discovered. Um, so here I'm counting down from five to one. Number five, a plastic bag filled with chair socks. You got to put those somewhere when they're not on chairs. And my desk, I guess, was where I decided they should live. I don't even remember when my mom gave them to me. That's how long they've been on the desk. Because I looked at them and I went like, I know these are from my mom, but when? Wait a second. Don't you have a rolly chair? Yeah. Oh, no, they're, they're like for kitchen tables. Oh, okay. So you can't even use them on the chair that's directly adjacent to your desk. <laughs> nope. No, they're not even in the same room as the chairs that they belonged on. <laughs> All right. Number four. Number four is that I found not one, but two ocarinas, a slide whistle, and a harmonica around my desk. What a musical desk! Right? But, like, I don't do anything with those. I don't do anything related to music with all of these things. Why do I have so many instruments? I'm getting more and more impressed by how much your desk can hold. <laughs> and this isn't even what I kept, which is, like, three weird cameras and, like, a stuffed llama and a bunch of other weird things. Number three is... The fabric that was cut off the bottom of my wedding dress, all like four layers of that fabric. It's like basically what they cut off for alterations. And I had like rolled it up and stuffed it in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can justify this one by saying that I felt like I knew it was supposed to be nostalgic and I couldn't just like put it in the trash. And so I was like, later Lizzie can figure this out. And then later Lizzie never did. Did you put it in the wedding scrapbook? Oh, that's a good idea. Where did, what did I do with it? I think I actually, we have like a drawer that has some leftover wedding stuff in it. And I think I just tucked it in that drawer. So it's just not on the desk anymore. You still have the dress though, right? I do have the dress. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the dress. I've actually tried to sell the dress, but haven't been able to particularly move it because I'm, you know, kind of environmentally conscious and I just want someone else to like get to use it. But failing that... I am 100% planning to wear it to the Labyrinth Ball in Los Angeles next year. Fingers crossed. Or someone else will get to use it. But that's what I'm going to do if I can't sell it. So if you see someone swing dancing in a wedding dress, it's Lizzie. <laughs> but I'm going to have like a mask. So hopefully I'll look like an ice queen or something. I don't know. Uh, number two. It was hard to pick between number one and number two, which one got second place and first. But number two was a porn parody of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What's it called? It's only called Buffy the Vampire Slayer XXX, so it doesn't have, like, a funny porn title. Oh, I know. That's boring. Also, this is 100%, like, a joke gift from Ben. But, like, I can't put it out in our DVD collection. I mean, I probably could, but I was like, ah, I don't know about that. So I think I just, like, put it on my desk <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> where does one store such a magical item as this? Did that one also make it into the wedding drawer? Ha! No, I think that one is, well, perhaps appropriately at the foot of the bed. Oh, ho, ho. there's like a bench. <laughs> All right. And that leaves us at number one. Number one, just barely beating out a Buffy porn parody DVD is an old macaron box that you like put macarons in filled with rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty rocks or just like yard gravel um they're very smooth and nice 
I don't know where they came from. I want to <laughs> say they must have been wedding related, but I don't remember filling anything with rocks. Like they might have been inside our wedding anniversary pinata, which is like a unicorn shaped pinata that we needed to make sure didn't like fall over or blow away. So I think that maybe they were from the wedding pinata. But like, yeah, I just unearthed them and was like, what? I like that I think I have the exact same box from the restaurant we went to together, but I filled it with like cute stationery and stuff and you filled yours <laughs> with wedding rocks. <laughs> it happens. Those boxes are really cute. Bottega Louie, like shout out. Yeah. And I actually use them to store lots of other things, which made this so perplexing. Like I was like, was I so desperate to keep this box that I had to fill it with rocks? <laughs> we'll never know. Now that it, now that my desk is clean, it's a clean slate. No more rocks. No more Buffy the Vampire Slayer XXX. Oh, it's still here. <laughs> it is. But not, not in your writing space, which is the point. Did anything about the challenge surprise you? I was surprised by how quickly a desk can slide back into chaos. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like, it's so easy, like, as you're going in and out of your room to just, like, place a stray item on the desk. But then as you keep doing that, the desk is no longer tidy. And so, like you said, in order to keep it tidy, you end up just putting all of those things elsewhere in your room, which just increases the chaos elsewhere, making your desk the only safe haven that you have. Which I guess is a success in the end, because, like, once you sit down, then you're more compelled to write. But I felt bad for the rest of my room and how cluttered it was getting. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, the top of my dresser and that bench at the end of my bed are just, like, they're in bad shape. But also, I don't write at them, so maybe that's okay. Also, keeping the chair tidy is a challenge in itself. That is true. I've gotten a lot better at putting clothes away, but I definitely will sometimes just throw them over the back of the chair. That's actually how Ben lost his chair privileges. Oh, because he kept using it as a closet? Yep. And then I was just like, you don't get a desk or a chair anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm mostly just kidding. It's more like he was like at work all the time. Like I worked from home and we were trying to figure out how to make the bedroom more livable. And I was like, why do we have two desks crammed into our bedroom? But I like to think it's because it was a little out of control. Ben desk, RIP, rest in productivity. (laughs) Alright, so we had our own trials and tribulations and excellent discoveries with our desks, but what does the research say about cleaning desks? Well, Hazel, you're not going to want to hear this first part, but for anyone who Googles things about why cleaning your desk helps with either creativity or productivity or writing, like all of the results are things that say that messy desks improve creativity. Before you guys shut off the podcast in frustration, (laughs) because I I know you're all really clean people. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because all of these articles, like this seems to be something that really caught on like the study in 2013, this woman ran the study, like two different things. One was basically something testing how people would think more conventionally if a desk, if they were put at a clean desk and think more innovatively if they were put at a messy desk. So that was like part one where she was kind of like, ooh, that kind of correlates with creativity. And then part two, which maybe some some people have heard about was this thing where she sat people down and like told them to come up with as many creative ways to use a ping pong as possible a ping pong ball I guess uh, and the people at the messy desks came up with more interesting responses versus the people at the clean desks kind of came up with these rote responses also it wasn't necessarily desks it was like five or six different environments but all like clean versus cluttered 
So everyone is really into quoting this. Um, everyone is really into quoting Einstein saying that a cluttered desk uh, might mean a cluttered mind, but an empty desk means an empty mind. We get it, Einstein. But I don't know. There's other things that also say that clean desks are good for different things. There's definitely a link between productivity and less clutter. Clutter can, you know, stress people out. Visual clutter, um, there's definitely research that shows that that impairs focus. Um, So I think at the end of the day, neither one is actually bad, but they'll help you in different ways, possibly. That's a strangely satisfying answer. Like... I've always found that those articles praising cluttered desks are ways for, like, messy people to make themselves feel better. Of course, this is me judging as a habitually tidy person. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, I always feel that way, too. Like, my mom would always be like, your room is so messy when I was growing up. And I was always like, that's because I'm creative. <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely uh, can be used to justify things. Um, I also saw one other interesting take on it. That was digging a little deeper to say that a messy desk is more like the product of someone who's really task focused. Like I know we talked about, I don't think it was actually on the podcast, but that idea of kind of like, do you do tasks like for yourself? Do you need like external validation to help you do tasks? Like what motivates you to do them? And it was saying that like, sometimes people who are productive and creative, like put out a lot because they're super focused on tasks. And that means they're not focused on cleaning. And I was like, okay, that I can understand a little bit more if it's less about like, being better at something and more about just like your focus isn't on like you don't get distracted by that stuff because you're just too focused on like tasks, I guess. Perhaps like if you're clean or messy, it's like just a byproduct of how you work rather than like the environments are going to impact you that much. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like if you're like me, and you find yourself stopping what you're doing to clean your desk, maybe just keep your desk clean. And that'll discourage you from getting distracted. Whereas if you're not that kind of person, then having a messy desk can also be okay. That's true. If you're on team messy desk like me, I feel like the conclusion is kind of just, uh, you know, if you already ignore it, don't make a big deal about it, maybe. But if you want to clean it up for your peace of mind, or if you can feel it irritating you, like you should handle it. So overall judgment on clean your desk? Why not? (laughs) I agree. Why not? (laughs) Also, Hazel, was there anything like inspirational or good that helped you this week with your writing? It seemed like you got a lot written. Oh, yeah. So I started a new writers group with some friends. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, everyone's pretty motivated. So that's exciting. I hope that good things happen. Do you guys meet in person? Or is it like online? We are going to meet in person once a month from now on. So maybe future episode, we'll see. I should probably stop neglecting the writing group that I sort of attempted to form via Facebook. But there's only so many hours in the day. (laughs) Only so many hours in the day. And you've already got some goals for next week? My goal for next week is just to stay focused. Because I think that if I just chip away a little bit every day, or at least I'm thinking about my book, that seems to be the way to stay on track. Uh, Finish that sketch and then either move on to a different character sketch or start some chapter work. I haven't decided yet. So next week's challenge is a little different. It's the five app quick fire. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. To get to five. (laughs) Thank you for the bonus. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We are going to be kind of reviewing and talking about five different writing apps. So it's not necessarily like a do these for two weeks sort of challenge. uh, But hopefully it'll just get people some information on different apps that are at their disposal. So the apps that we're going to be reviewing are Ohm Writer, Scrivener, Hemingway, Notion, and Evernote. 
These things come up a lot in different articles about how to like optimize your writing and different things you can try. So we are going to try them all. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't used Notion or Evernote, even though I always hear people talk about Evernote. I'm definitely into figuring that one out. Um, I've used all of these at different points in time. And yeah, as such, I have a lot of opinions on them. (laughs) Ooh, I love an opinionated Hazel. (laughs) Speaking of opinions, I think it might be time for weekly favorites. So my weekly favorite is a fan fiction called On Whale Island for Hunter Hunter. And it has no author. It has been orphaned. Lizzie, are you familiar with the archive of our own process of orphaning? No, what does that mean? It sounds sad. When you want to get a fanfiction you've written off of your account, you have two options. You can delete it or you can orphan it. And orphaning it disconnects it from your writer handle on the website, but people can still read it. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. So it's effectively written by Anonymous. Why did they want to be anonymous? Is it like a very scandalous fanfiction? Like, like why? It's not. No, it's actually, it's very tame. And I find it very cute and life affirming. And that's why I decided to make it my weekly favorite. But yeah, there's lots of different reasons that people might decide to orphan something. Like they just didn't like it in the end, or they think that they've moved on from that place as a writer. But a lot of people seem to like it, even if it has been orphaned. So I'm glad they decided to keep it on the site instead of just deleting it. That's super interesting. It's like a very nice retrospective from the protagonist's point of view after the series is over. It takes a very introspective tone that's kind of rare for this character, and I really appreciated that. What about you? Uh, My weekly favorite is the movie Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. It's just really great. I feel like it's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. It's really funny, but also really tragic. Um, It kind of defies one and only genre which is cool and very much like Bong Joon-ho's style anyway it's just really cool it won the Palm d'Or which I was like that's crazy it's the first South Korean movie to ever win it um and it's it's excellent I'm actually going to see it again with Ben this weekend and yeah well it's time for us to go try some apps but in the meantime you can follow us on Twitter at Lizzie and Hazel and that's Lizzie with a Y you can also reach us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com or on Tumblr at carrotandstickpodcast. We also have an Insta. I like to use it. It's Carrot and Stick Podcast. The music on this episode and all episodes was You Belong off of the album No Summer No Cry by Slime Girls. With additional music by Robert Mai. See you in episode seven. Hug a cat, write some words.